the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1800 060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au And like a jetty, he's making around the home turn. Wow, he's put a gap on them. 27-7 was the third quarter. This can be a much quicker into the straight. Captain Ravishing, he actually wants to hang in a bit here. He's still as green as grass, but he has gapped them. He's 30 metres in front, Captain Ravishing. Wow, this is pretty stunning. When you can pick him to pieces like he's still got things to learn, he's won it by 35. Captain Ravishing won it from Coach name Marcus, Commander Buzz, simply Sam. He's the most exciting pacer in the country. I'm not saying he's the best pacer in the country. He's the most exciting pacer to watch in the country. Chris Barsby might disagree with me. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Steve, I'm well. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Do you agree with that or not? Um, he's probably the most talked about horse in the country right now, but I think there's a few sort of layers around that. But... Uh, um, you know, he's he's currently racing. The other horse that's in question is not racing, so I think it's a case of out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, so, I, just to preface my state, yeah, I said I said most exciting, you know, in regards to just turn up speed and just as a as a visual spectacle, you know, Chris when he's on song. I know Leap to Fame's beaten him and is outstanding, but just as a visual spectacle, you know, to get the hairs going and the adrenaline pumping sort of thing is what I mean. Hairs on the, the neck standing up. Yeah, and, and that stable is notorious for producing those types of horses. Um, just recently, they had the, the Lost Storm when he won that Group 1 race in the manner in which he did. I think it was the Big Bread final. It, it was unbelievable. So they have that trait where they can just produce these horses that go like absolute Learjets. And, um, you know, it's exciting. You sit up and you take notice. But, um, you know, is he the best in the country? Well, that, that's another argument altogether, isn't it? So... It's going to be interesting. He's a dollar twenty, Steve, for Saturday night's feature. That bonanza. Um, I probably expected him to be a little shorter, but uh, yeah, dollar twenty. I, I think you know that's backable to some, and uh, I think a lot of people will certainly look at him uh, for their multis across the weekend. They'll just pop him in to just add that little bit of interest. So it'll be interesting. It will, and then he'll have two more runs. Will he, Chris, at this stage? Is it Chariots Miracle Mile? Yeah, that's the aim, Steve. So mm. hopefully he's successful on Saturday night. That gets him a start in the chariots. If he wins the chariots, he gets a start in the Miracle Mile. So that's the short-term aim for Captain Ravishing. And then they're looking at just giving him a little bit of an easy time and getting set for the Eureka in September. So that's the most likely scenario where he will clash again with Leap to Fame. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But short-term target... Saturday night, followed by the Chariots and then the Miracle Mile. $3 Miracle Mile. Captain Ravishing is $1.90 to win the Chariots. Greg Mitchell's our first guest. Thanks to Garrard's, Chris. Well, I'll, I'll ask Greg the same question. Greg, what's the most exciting horse in harness racing in this country right now? I'll stay out. Thanks, Chris. Um, no, <laughs> um, like, um, yeah, we've got a really exciting crop of four-year-olds, haven't we? Not just the, uh, I heard Captain Ravishing that you're talking about, and obviously... Uh, the uh, the Queensland horse leaps to fame. Yeah, there, there's others right behind him, and um, you know, obviously Aaron Clayton do a wonderful job with their juveniles. And at the moment, he's as you said, he's racing, and um, the other horse isn't. But um, yeah, I think I think there's a number that could take that mantle. Even sure thing, Captain Greg's got us a bit excited from Queensland at this early stage of its career. Oh wow, what it's done so quickly. Um, you're 100% correct. Um, you know, like if he had another six to 12 months under his belt, I'm sure we'd be talking in the same breath as these two at this stage. 
Greg, you raise your horses with Grant Dixon. So if you can, is there any sort of insight that you can share with our listeners this morning about Leap the Fame and, and, and where he sits for, for Grant? Oh, look, I, I, I haven't spoken to Grant too much about where any you know, and all the horses in his head, you know, right back to, you know, you can go back 20 years, the good horses that, you know, Grant, Bill, Natalie had. And, um, I'm sure he's right up there with the best of them. He, 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 uh, he's in the best paddock at the place. He gets looked, I'm sure he gets driven only by Grant and Trista, and uh, that tells you that he sits right at the top. Okay. I wanted to ask you this morning about the possibility, and I'm sure this is happening, and you can confirm this for me. We've got some good free-for-allers here in Queensland. We've got a big year ahead with the Constellations in July, followed by the Inter-Dominion in December. Have you purchased a really good open-class horse from Perth? Uh, I, I hope so. Um, yes, I, I purchased one from Perth through Nathan Turvey, and uh, Nathan's been really helpful in... Uh, in facilitating that deal, um, I think uh, he, he's got really good form. Second, second in a WA pace and cups, good form. So uh, yeah, he's highly graded. But we, we hope he can compete over here in the Opens and then uh, and maybe get another lease of life and, and, and get onto that circuit that we've got through winter and, and then the Inter Dominion, as you said, through summer. Okay, so the horse in question is Miracle Moose. He's now a seven-year-old. But uh, as you said, his form and his credentials are terrific. How did this deal come about? Uh, Nathan had the horse advertised for sale and um, Grant was the one who spotted him and, and sent it to me and I rang Nathan and um, uh, we, got, uh, we got the deal done pretty quick. Um, I like the horse as a Mac 3. I like, you know, there's not many of them left going. Uh, as you said, his form's really good since he's been here since from New, New Zealand and and, um, yeah, he hasn't missed any racing. And um, as Nathan said, he, he just really needs a change of scenery. Um, he, tra- he trains on the heavy sand and he just thinks the horse may have had enough of that. And um, we're looking forward to getting up here. And he'll have a nice little break because it's a big trip from WA. And I don't think we'll see him before the Winter Carnival. Uh, but, um, yeah, he'll be giving it a chance. Okay. But it's exciting, though, knowing that you've got the Constellations in July and then the Inter-Dominion. They're the obvious targets with Miracle Moose. Yeah, definitely, Chris, and 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 all credit to Racing Queensland who who um, you know got got the Inter Dominion here in December, and and the Constellations Carnival over July has been the last two years has gone from strength to strength, and yeah, you'd be aware of some of the names that are talking about coming up here, and I think Captain Ravishing may be one of them. Um, uh, looking at the Winter Carnival, um, and I think the horse flesh that could be here this uh, July uh, will be the best we've ever had. Okay, and just on Miracle Moose, so we've got the likes of Black Sedans, there's uh, Mac Da Vinci, there's Turn It Up, Governor Jujon's back at the trial stage now, and he's had two trials back. So as it stands, there's quite a few very talented open-class horses, and Miracle Moose will only bolster that list. Yeah, yeah, the, the open uh, open ranks here is as strong as anywhere, um, you know, as you said, at the top end. Um, and, you know, it's not going to be easy to win them, but... Um, yeah, he's got speed. He follows speed. Um, you know, there's no loafing in most of the open class races here, so it should suit, suit him. Okay. One of the other horses that I wanted to ask about this morning, and we see this guy back in action on Friday, is Aroda. He's the uh, the brother to Akuta, the New Zealand star. Is he getting set for the New South Wales Derby, Greg? 
Uh, he was. Um, unfortunately, he copped a cold about a fortnight ago, and it's probably just setting back. I, I, don't, I don't. At this stage, we'd be 50-50 going. I know Grant wants to go, but I'm probably a little bit on the fence. It may be a little bit early for him, and um, yeah, we've still got the uh, the Queensland Derby, the Vic Derby later in the year, and um, I think we've got to look after him if he's not ready to go. So we'll find out more on Friday. Um, he's back at the races, as you said. He's a tricky little draw for mate, but... Um, uh, he's ticking on nice, and I know Grant thinks he's a neat little horse, so we'll um, we'll see where he can get to. So he's one for one at the moment. Did he did he do enough in that debut effort to, to please you? Yeah, yeah, no, he did enough that day. He did it pretty easy in the end, and uh, he wasn't under any pressure. Um, so you know, he was training training up a, a better before he copped that little cold. He, he's back to where he was, but. Um, Again, you know, we, you've got to be 110% to uh, to go to the New South Wales Derby with the likes of Short Thing Captain and and uh, and others that are going to be um, hunt, hunting that prize. Mm. It, it's a tough one, though, isn't it? Because you've got a horse that's you know up and about, and he's obviously very talented. But you, you don't want to sort of throw him in the deep end, given that we've got such a big carnival just around the corner. 100%. And um, you know that Menangle tracks really hard on horses. I think it's just my opinion. Um, yeah, you know, some don't handle it that well, and some do. But I, I, I do think it can really, um, r- really gut the horse. So again, he, he needs to be really ready to go. So we'll make that decision sometime in the next fortnight. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll see how he steps through Friday. All right. Uh, yesterday we spoke with David Brick on Mobile to Rolling, just talking about that big announcement that was made last week, re the Trotters and the Constellations. This would be music to your ears because uh, you're a massive fan of the Square Gators. Yeah, it's really good that Racing Queensland are continuing to invest in the in the in the Square Gate. Um, I think it's a great initiative, and obviously that'll continue to build. Uh, I know a number of trainers that have already got three-year-olds and may have made inquiries in a state and New Zealand looking for um, for trotters to suit that race. So I think um, Racing Queensland will see a return on investment with the numbers that will come for it. Um, I think uh, early days, but I know Pat Driscoll from Yabby Dams may have purchased a. A really nice um, French trotter that may be coming up here aimed at that as well. So I think again it will only add to that winter carnival being, um, you know, which we're probably biased, but it'll be the best in the country. Okay. So with these announcements being made and the enhancements for the, the the constellations for the trotters, we've got the Inner Dominion at the end of the year. Is it pie in the sky stuff, or is there a possibility? that we could have a representative from the Northern Hemisphere? I know you just mentioned Pat Driscoll, but do you think there's any sort of chance that maybe an American trotter could be lured down under? Uh, it could be a possibility. Um, yeah, yeah, I think there's been some some talk to a few people over, over in uh, North America. So, um, yeah, it's just a case of uh, where it fits in their program, but uh, wouldn't that be fantastic to uh, build this into an international-style uh, trot race in the future? Yeah, absolutely. How are your yeah. stocks looking, uh, not only for the Carnival, but for the Inter Dominion? Have you got something that's sort of coming along nicely and being aimed towards these features? Um, yeah, we've got a couple there. Um, obviously, we always have faith. It's been a little bit disappointing at base value at this stage, but um, we know he's got the ability. He's just a big dummy and needs to drop penny drop with him. Um, obviously, uh, Miracle Merce is going to be here now. Um, and obviously we've got a Raider as a three-year-old. Um, yeah, we've got a couple of other three-year-olds that are ticking along okay. They've probably got to make the next step, but um, yeah, they're okay. They're probably thinner than they have been previous years, but um, 
Look, we've got a couple of months yet. You never know what we might be able to find. What about the trotters? Uh, Trotter-wise, yeah, um, I think we've got some talented trotters. They just uh, had a few little injuries at the moment. Look, um, you know, Aladdin's own and Regal appointments, they're, they're really nice trotters. And, look, hello, Jolene, Jolene. If she can trot, she, she will, uh, she'll be more than competitive. Um, so... Uh, those stocks are, are okay. Um, yeah, three-year-old wise, we, we've got Bamp, and you know, he's probably got to improve a little bit to make that um, square race. But um, again, he, he's he's coming along nicely as a three-year-old. Okay, you had a winner yesterday, Delta Three. She came across from New Zealand as a maiden. I think she's now won five races. She's been an awesome bike. Oh, she's just a lovely, lovely, lovely man now. Um, you know, she's just a, a sweetheart. Grant says to train. She's just easy. Does anything you like. And again, she's she's a Mac three, and and she's just um, putting it together um, a little bit like Mayorka did when she got here. And she's just stepping through her classes. I think she likes the twenty one hundred more than the mile. She's she's a bit tough. Um, but yeah, no, we're really pleased with where, where she is. Unfortunately, she'll probably end up in the states uh, prematurely. But um, yeah, at this stage, we're hoping to uh, get her through the winter carnival. Okay, so she's on a on the same sort of trajectory as what Mayorka was. Pretty much, Chris. Yeah, like um, Mayorka came across. Uh, she wasn't a maiden, but she came across as a fifty rider. And um, you know, if they win too quickly, they they get through the grades very quick. Um, so um, yeah, yeah, she's on that trajectory. But um, as I said, hopefully we uh, we can hang on to her through the winter carnival. Okay, you got three runners tonight at Rickliff: Monbell Ange, Blackjack, Beth, and Homeboy. Is there a winner amongst that trio? I hope so. Um, Monbell Ann, she's just uh, she's just starting to uh, come right. Her, her last month's been very consistent, and um, I think she'll be she'll be in the action at the end somewhere. Um, Homeboy, he, he's been a project, but he's drawn well. So again, I, I'd expect him to run top three. And um, Black Jack, well, well, she she'll put herself in the race as well. I can't declare one, but I think they'd all race well. Okay, well, fingers crossed there is a winner there for you tonight. Two other little topics I wanted to talk about. Um, Norwell, as we know, we're headed to Norwell. Uh, yet to be determined what size track. We're going to have on-course uh, training facilities. This is a step in the right direction, isn't it? We've got to have those training facilities on course. Oh, 100%. And, and, and the club's actually um, trying to get them built first, Chris. Um, we, we see no reason why the on-course stabling couldn't be up and running prior to us getting there. Um, uh, as you said, uh, it's desperately needed. It's something the industry craves. I think we'd fill 150 stables pretty quick um, through the local participants and interstate relocations. Um, so, yeah, no, it's a definite step in the right direction. What size track would you like to see built? Uh, I, I prefer a 1,000-metre track, but, um, yeah, I just think um, you get away from the the visual of being close to the action when you get bigger. Um, that's just my preference, but I'm sure we'll take consultation and the industry will decide. But, um, you know, we've already got two smaller tracks at Marburg and Redcliffe, so I don't think we'd have anything less than a 1,000. Um, but, yeah, that's just that's my personal opinion. I think we get good good racing. Melton's got good racing on that size track. Albion Park has fast and exciting racing on that type of track. So um, I think that sort of would suit the industry. All right. And the other thing, uh, just from an Albion Park perspective, uh, uh, the Sunshine Stars yearling say March 11 and 12 down the Gold Coast. First time 
the club have gone uh, into this sort of venture. So what can we expect if uh, if we're a potential buyer listening in this morning? What, what are the expectations for the sale? Well, the expectations are that we'll have a weekend, Saturday, Sunday, um, of, of entertainment and a sale. So it's not just going to be a sale. Uh, we're going to turn this into an event. Um, so Saturday, we've already got a, a room booked at the Gold Coast Turf Club um, and we'll be taking whoever wishes to come over there for, for an afternoon at the races before the yearling parade. Um, then Saturday afternoon, evening, there'll be a yearling parade with a, a barbecue and a few drinks for whoever wishes to attend. And then obviously, as of 8 a.m. Sunday morning, there's inspections and, and then the... Um, the auction, um, we've got uh, SEN coming to broadcast live from Saturday, Sunday from the venue. Um, we'll have a bit of entertainment and I'm, I understand that Racing Queensland will have a, an exciting announcement um, that, will, that will take place at the end of the sale um, in, in the next couple of weeks for people to get down there and make sure they're on course uh, to, to make sure they're part of that. Okay, over 150 yearlings up for grabs? 136 now. Um, that, that's what's going to go. That's what's uh, going to go through the ring there. Um, but what's really pleasing, Chris, is we've got support from, you know, 49 of them are from interstate. Um, so people from interstate are seeing the benefits of Queensland. You know, the Qbread scheme, the prize money, and, and really, it's it's the prize money on offer that's attached to this sale. Uh, there is no. There's a total of 1.425 million dollars attached to this sale, and it's the only sale in Australia that has it. Um, so, you know, there's $600,000 worth of local races, which are for those 136 yearlings only, um, and that's, uh, yeah, 20 of them are trotters. And then there's $825,000 worth of nutrient race sale series, which these horses are also available for. Um, so, yeah, it's so $1.425 million just there. Um, if you're Qbread... Um, you know, you could be racing for anything over two million dollars, um, and I think okay, that well, you know, we're starting to get it to a to a to a dollar value that's really exciting and and should attract um, a number of buyers for our vendors, and um, you know we'll kick this sale off with a bang. All right, well, March eleven and twelve there the dates, Greg. As always, really appreciate the time, uh, and best of luck with Miracle Moves going forward as well. Thanks, Chris. There's Greg Mitchell joining us. Uh, so one of the biggest owners here in the state, and he's also on the uh, the board there at Albion Park, vice chairman of the Albion Park Harness Racing Club. So Miracle Moose will make his way to Queensland, and he's going to be a welcome addition to the open class ranks, uh, in particular with those big races coming up uh, later in the year. The Constellations in July and the Inter-Dominion in December. Okay, let's focus on harness racing tonight at Rickliffe. We've got a 10-race program there. There's a horse that uh, is crying out for a victory, and we've got to be very patient. We've got to wait for the very last race of the night. But will tonight be the night for Snack Time Rocks? Going around in race 10, drawn off the second row. She's been placed the last five. The man that puts the polish on Snack Time Rocks is joining us now, Brian McCall. Brian, good morning. Morning, Chris. How are you? I'm really well. Is it her night tonight? Let's hope so, mate. It's a long drive over there, so um, <laughs> <laughs> let's hope so. Well, you can't knock a recent effort. She's been there about, so she's overdue, and you may have found the, the most perfect opportunity tonight. Yeah, I agree. Uh, she's she's racing really well. She's trying really hard, and the race does look suitable for her. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Hardest to beat in this race are those that uh, are drawn nicely here. Yaramaniti Gate 1, Bahamas Miss Gate 2. Do they loom as the biggest threats? Absolutely, Chris. Yeah, they're both drawn well, um, going well. 
Um, Bahama Smith had good speed last week at the end of the race, just unfortunately uh, made contact with the runner and broke. So certainly they're the dangers, but we camped right on their back, so hopefully we're uh, right in at the end. Okay, like I said, she's been placed the last fight. She's she's definitely improved this mare, and, and she's getting stronger. Do you agree? Yeah, she is. She always was a good track worker, um, just a very dumb racehorse. She just didn't know what to do and took a long time to learn, but she's developed a lot the last six months. She had a good break and built up big and strong, and she's got a little bit more idea now. Still, still doesn't know how to win yet. She runs up to them and just sort of thinks she's done a job, but she's getting better every week, so hopefully we can get through it tonight. Okay, so if she does win tonight, she picks up that all-important Q-Red bonus, doesn't she? Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely worth it, mate. Okay, so that's uh, the last race tonight, so we've got to be very patient. Race 10, number 8, Snack Time Rocks. Your other horse that was uh, uh, very well fancied last Saturday night in Rocks or Diamonds, he finished at the rear of the field. What happened there last week with Rocks or Diamonds? Um, basically, mate, his run wasn't terrible. He was a little below par. Uh, they went 52-6 or something up front. You know, he, he went a, a touch over 53 coming from the back. He was four and five wide. His last half was still pretty good, but he was a little below his best. Um, he doesn't like the heat, and it's been so hot and so humid, and the heat really got to him. He pulled up a little little ordinary uh, sweating quite bad, and, and uh, he, he really struggled to recover quite well. It's just the heat thing. He's back to normal working today, so... We'll just potter along and, and pick a race out, hopefully in 10 days where it's not too hot, hopefully, fingers crossed. And he should be back to normal, mate, but just one of those things. Yeah, and, and you make a good point. 52-6 uh, on the front end, uh, you, you've got to be some sort of horse to overcome that sort of speed. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, his last half was the same as the winner who was, you know, up front on the fence. He came five wide, so there was nothing at all wrong with that section. He just didn't have that letdown speed. We know he's a fast horse when he comes out and sprints. He just didn't have that there the other night. And I think the heat had just got him a bit too much. So, yeah, well, well he was only second into, run into his prep too. So he'll take benefit from that and he'll be a better horse next start. Okay, so we forgive and move on there with rocks or diamonds. How many are you currently working? Is it just the two? Just the two at the moment, mate. I've got a yearling filly uh, by Hokapana that's assisted to snack time rocks. So I'll start on her soon. So. Okay, you didn't buy at the recent APG sale. What about the uh, the nutrient reckless sales coming up? Any interest there? Uh, I'll be at the nutrient sale having a look. Um, I have the the Hokapana filly is actually going through the Redcliffe sale, so I'll uh, have her there and bring her home. I really like her, so she's a nice type. So I'll bring her home and work on her. But if there's another one there that catches my eye, we'll have a look for sure. All right. What size track would you like to see at Norville? Uh, definitely a thousand metres. I think it's the best size track we've got, mate. Um, you know, good good camber on the corners, 10 degrees minimum, good radius. The, the radius and the, and the camber are the best things for the horse's legs. So if we get that right and have a, have a really good track, um, a 1,000 metres, I think, is perfect. Okay. So in saying that with the radius and the camber, so it's got to be better than what it currently is at Albion Park right now? Look, I mean, yeah, if we can get a better radius, I think Albion Park's 96, I think, off the top of my head. Uh, I mean, Melton's 110. If you, the, better, the bigger the radius the higher the camber. It actually takes the pressure off their legs more, so you'll, you'll find it's a lot better for the horses in the long run. So I think if they can incorporate that into the design, they'll have a much better track for the future. Okay, interesting. Hey, Brian, really appreciate the time. Best of luck. Hopefully tonight is your night for Snack Time Rock. Start number 25 actually brings up that win. So do I, mate. Thanks for your call.
There's Brian McCall joining us. So snap time rocks goes around on the last race. Looking for that all-important Q-bread bonus. She's been placed the last five, so she's definitely due. Darren Clayton is about to join us now to go through his thoughts on this 10-race program. The 10-race program starts tonight just after 5 o'clock at 5.22. The tab quaddy on races 5, 6, 7 and 8. The treble on 6, 7 and 8. The double on 5 and 7. And if you want to play the early quaddy, you can. Races 1, 2, 3, 4. Darren Clayton, good morning. Yeah, morning, Chris. How are you today? I'm really well. Uh, I wanted to just ask that question about Rocks or Diamonds because I know you were keen on him last Saturday night. You thought he was one of the better bets, but uh, it was too bad to be true. But uh, Brian just out outlined and explained perfectly there what went wrong and what happened. So we draw a line in the uh, in the book and move on. Yeah, that that's how it rolls sometimes. Uh, you know, they're not machines and... This weather, it certainly has been oppressive in the last probably 10 days. Just the humidity, it's really unbearable. Um, and we're not getting sort of much relief from it. With We normally get a storm just to settle things down. We're not getting that of late. And Yeah, they're, they're animals and they're out there in the heat running around. I know I'm not out there in the heat running around. So, um, yeah, we onward we march. Mm, Friday, they're tipping a, a real scorcher, I think. Yeah, that's not good for me either. I... <laughs> that'll be that'll be the day I'll be out in the weather. So uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be looking for it. But you know, at the end of the day, I guess it is summer, and we live in a in a tropical environment. So we just need to suck it up. Yep, indeed. Hey, uh, I want to get your thoughts on Reckler. There's a heap of other topics I want to talk about with you later, but I, I want to focus on Reckler tonight. Where do we find your best bet? I think we can strike early, Chris, in race one and number one. Roses are sweet. Um, she had a bit of a freshen since her last run. She struck some trouble in that one, yet she was still only three metres from the winner, Chainlink. Chainlink's a pretty handy type horse. I think she gets all the favours here, uh, has early speed or can take a trail, and with Hey Mr Taylor drawn directly to her outside, might just be able to take a, a sneaky little sit on him and uh, prove too strong. And she does have a good record at Redcliffe as well. So race one, number one, roses are sweet. Okay, we start with a bang. Race one, number one, two fifteen. Currently, tab fixed price. What else takes your fancy tonight? Yeah, there's a couple others there that I like. Um, in race three, Chris, number nine, Major Tralee. Now, um, he's a horse that's been going super at Redcliffe of late. He's been placed his past eight in succession. A couple of wins in those. Last week, he went forward from gate five, and um, he was only just nabbed in the closing stages. Took a bit to get across there. Um, he was wide around that first turn, but um, this looks a race, I thought, where they might just be a bit of pressure off the front. And at his current uh, quote in that market there uh, of $10 and $2.50, I'd be prepared to have something on him each way. And the other one uh, is in race five. Again, last week it was homeboy. I thought it was a good place chance. We got even money the place last week. Julie got it done from gate one. I don't think this is any different here. He can take a trail this week. He was in front last week, but $2.70 the place. So I'd be keen to play that in that field. And I think after you just spoke to Greg Mitchell, the owner of Homeboy, and he gave it a good enough push for me that the $2.70 current fixed price with the tab is enough to, uh, to have a little nibble at. Okay, so the three races tonight. Race one, number one, Roses are sweet, two fifteen. Race three, number nine, Major Trali, ten dollars the win, two fifty the place. And race five, number one, Homeboy, ten dollars the win, two seventy the place. Speaking of the quaddy, Homeboy's race. That's race five. Uh, how do we play the quaddy number uh, and throw some numbers my way, please? 
Yeah, I think we can play it pretty wide and, and it's probably a good exotic race with the same numbers. I thought Galvarino looks the leader from gate four, um, or gate three, sorry. Uh, he can get across. That should give Homeboy a good trail. Galvarino's a good starter. Rocco Variety's then pegged away three back. He can use the fence line and office bad boy. Um, he gets a, a good gate. Um, hasn't had a, a gate this close for some time, so he'll certainly be right in the thick of it as well. So playing one, two, three, and seven. The third leg, race six. Uh, happy to go one out here with number one, look at me. Certainly will uh, find this much more suitable to what she has been meeting. Um, she was a winner, broke her maiden status five runs back. Um, then the next run, she was third to Delta three. Now we've seen Delta three a win again yesterday. Um, that's much stronger opposition than what she meets here. Back to one win company. So we'll go one out with number one. Third leg, race seven. Bit of a tricky one just with the draw. Uh, I think feeling the power is, um, if he had to draw on any other barrier bar seven, he'd probably be a good thing. But from seven, he'll just need that slice of luck. I still think he can win the race. Number nine, perfect feeling. Um, another is probably better suited off the front line, but it's not a very overly strong front line here, so he can certainly work into it. Jade's Terror gets the advantage of gate three. And uh, I thought she'd be a chance as well. So we'll go three, seven, and nine. And in the final leg, I thought uh, chances in three again. Number one, my girl Mandy. She gets the gate advantage. Uh, she was three metres away from after darn last time. Atomic Pete. Um, he was pretty good at Albion Park two starts back, and then he franked that there last week with it with a good win at Redcliffe. And number two, Prospectus. She's first up from a spell for her three-year-old season. Uh, a good last start winner as a two-year-old for Lockie Mansmon. So we'll go one, two, and nine to bring it home. Okay, so repeating your quaddie thoughts for tonight. First leg, one, two, three, seven, into one, then three, seven, nine, into one two nine. That's how we play the uh, the main quaddy tonight at Redcliffe. Repeating the best bet. Race one number one. Roses are sweet. Currently two fifteen tab fixed. Race three number nine. Major trailee ten dollars two fifty. Currently tab fixed. And race five number one. Homeboy ten dollars two seventy. Currently fixed. So that's Redcliffe tonight. We've got ten races. We start at five twenty two. We just heard from Greg Mitchell. Miracle Moose. He's a runner up in the uh, WA Cup of two thousand and twenty two. That was the year that. Uh, Wild West won in his most recent victory, which was last year. I think it was back in March. So he's been out of the winner's circle for some time. But just keep this in mind. He beat Diego and too fast, too serious. Diego, as we know, won the pacing cup last week over at uh, GP. And too fast, too serious is going to go around as probably the favourite in this weekend's Newcastle Cup. So he's going to be a great addition to the open class ranks here. Yeah, he certainly is, and as we've seen with quite a few horses that come over from WA, they, they do a good job once they get here. Um, I know Ron Salas has picked up quite a few out of the Bond stable over the past 18 months, and they sort of go on with it here. Um, might as well, probably one of the most recent one of those. And, um, you know, this Miracle Moose, uh, he's certainly a horse that's got the form on the board and um, just listening to Greg and saying, you know, Nathan Turvey just thinks he, he needs a change of scenery. So it'll be good to see uh, him boost those uh, boost those local ranks and uh, I'm sure he'll do a good job. Any horse that goes into the Grant Dixon stable certainly improves. So um, we'll be watching him uh, keenly with what with what's ahead in this big year in Queensland Harness.
Yeah, absolutely. 72 starts so far, 16 wins, 19 minors, earnings heading towards $300,000. Interestingly, he's by Mac 3 out of Mini Moose. Mini Moose campaigned here many, many seasons ago, part of the All-Stars operation. So uh, there is a, a little bit of a link already with Miracle Moose and Queensland, given that his mum raised here. So speaking of the open class ranks, we've got a free-for-all this Saturday night. We'll talk more about that on Friday. But Governor Jujon was back at the trials again yesterday. Second trial back, again, a stand start trial. He was able to bounce straight to the lead, win that trial. 215 for the 2138 metres. He finished off in 28 He's going to come back on a pretty, very tight mark. So pretty much straight back into open company. So we've just got to hope that he, he stands up and he can have a trouble-free campaign. Yeah, certainly he's you know he's been a, a top horse right the way through his career, even though from, you know from his from his first ever um, run here, he's a winner. He won in probably about his first five or six in succession, I think, to start his career. So um, you know he's a he's a talented horse. Like you say, he's just there's going to be nowhere to hide for him first up. So he's probably going to probably just take a couple of races to really um, you know iron all the kinks out and be ready to go but um, what we've seen in those two stand start trials to date they've been really impressive like you said 27-8 home yesterday that that was a good effort so um, yeah looking forward to to what he can do when he gets back he's a horse that I've always um, had a lot of time for and, and keen to see what he can do the other trial yesterday Chris too a, a nice performance from Amami a four-year-old uh, that's yet to start uh, in his four-year-old term yeah finished off in 26-6 and and really put a space on them without really trying so a couple of nice horses in the in the beaten brigade there as well yep absolutely a couple of uh, nice trials there yesterday I want to ask about the New South Wales derby. Uh, sure thing, Captain was able to win the, the Group 2 Simpson Memorial. As it stands right now, Darren, who, who's the best hope for Queensland for the New South Wales derby? Is it sure thing, Captain, given that he's down there, he's probably got a good head start. Bold medley, Jujon likely to go that way. A rotor, Greg was 50-50 whether he's going to make the call. I know Trent Dawson mentioned uh, recently with For Real Life that that was a possibility. Unfortunately, he fibrillated, so that probably rules him out now, but... Um, and Barella, there was talk about him going. He, he was at the trials yesterday. Is your thing, Captain, that the best of our local hopes? Yeah, I think he is, just purely off what we've seen of him today. The only probably concern I would have about a derby is that he's going into a derby in his first first race campaign, effectively. Like, he was only... Uh, he only trialled in December for the first time, so um, it's a big ask for a horse to um, have not been to the races, trial or educate trial, and you know within probably five or six starts be be expected to be winning a New South Wales Derby or, or you know super competitive. But obviously um, Shannon and Scott know the horse better than anyone, and um, you know he's it's it's a big ask for sure. But that win the other night. Just got a little bit lost, probably at about the 250 mark, but it's a long way up that Menengal stretch. And with about 100 to go, he really knuckled down again and pulled away from them. So um, it was certainly an impressive win, but he hasn't gone beyond a mile yet. That's probably the other consideration we need to look at. So, um, But on face value, he's right up there. And um, Bold Medley Jujon, the other one, um, 
probably hard to get a little bit of a gauge. He's been really good in Queensland. Um, just the last week when he got passed by Bronski Delight in that back straight bull rush that um, Shane Graham delivered, but he was able to come back and win. That just probably set a, I don't know, just maybe triggered a little something in the back of my mind that, you know, how, how will he handle a, a stronger run race where he can't come back like a horse that gets past him then and the race is gone. But, um, again, he's only a horse that's probably still learning a little bit. Mm, yeah, it's going to be interesting, no question about that. Bold medley, Jujon gives the impression the, the longer the better for him. He looks like uh, he'll relish uh, a bit of a trip. So it's going to be interesting over the next couple of weeks. And just on the New South Wales derby, school captain, uh, he's out uh, with an immediate effect. He was a scratching from that Caduceus Club feature there on Saturday night. He's got a bone chip, so he's going to be out for the, uh, the better part of this year. Um, they're hopeful, uh, all going to plan. He'll be back in time for races like the Victoria Derby, Big Red, Breeders' Crown. So all is not lost there. A little bit of a setback with Captain's Knock, the Group 1 winner for Brad Hewitt. So he's going to be missing from the New South Wales Derby. But Nathan Turnbull had his stars back at the trials on Monday night at Bathurst. They'll go back to the trials again this coming Monday night. So better be the best and on deadline. So it's always going to be a strong derby, no question. But... Uh, yeah, interesting. And Spirit of Arion trialed again this morning at Menangle. So he's now had the two trials. He, he went to Penrith, I think, first up for his trial. And then Menangle this morning. I dare say that they're going to push him towards a, a shot at the derby as well. Yeah, and, and that's one of those. It's one of the things with the derby, isn't it? They, they seem to... You can be talking that it's going to be, you know, perhaps a few of the stars missing. But there's always one somewhere that, that steps up. And, um, you know, it's... It's a it's a race steeped in tradition, and um, could it be possible that Queensland wins it two years in a row, leap to fame last year, sure thing captain, or perhaps one of the other Grant Dixon runners this year? But we're certainly holding a strong hand, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Two other topics I wanted to raise with you this morning, Darren. Um, the, the Trotters announcement that was made last week. Just your thoughts on that. So as it stands right now, without knowing dates, but... We've got the $100,000 Queensland Cup during the Constellations. We've got the Great Square, $75,000. But if the three-year-old wins, there's a $25,000 bonus. That's the three- and four-year-olds, the Great Square. We've got the $50,000 DJA Series. We've got the Reckliff Cup now at $30,000 for the Trotters. And then we've got a Derby and Oaks, both worth $30,000. I think it's going to be fascinating to see what Trotters head our way in July. Yeah, it certainly bolsters that carnival up a bit. And we've seen in the last couple of years that we've had sort of some trotters um, target the race, um, but probably just been a little bit below getting, you know, a real good batch of them come. I think that'll change this year just with those other races. Even just a, you know, a $30,000 feature for uh, the three-year-olds, I think that's a big, um, a, a big carrot as well because... Um, you know, Trotter's running for good money at that time of year. There's probably not a lot about down south. So um, the chance if you've got one to come along and, and just throw it in your team and, and come with a, you know, a travelling team where you, everything's catered for now, really. Um, the change in season's probably thrown it a little bit that we don't have uh, a two-year-old race. But outside of that, um, you know, three-year-old Trotter's, three-year-old Pacer's, Every age group, all classes are now catered for for the probably across the six weeks, which makes it a really strong carnival and really looking forward to what uh, what's on offer this year and who actually comes, you know, because if we get 
half the ones that are already indicating uh, that they want to head, well, it's still going to be strong. And if they all come, well, it's going to be mighty hard getting a race up here if you if you want on the fringe. Do you think we will get a Northern Hemisphere trotter down under at some point this year? Um, it'd be good to see if we could. Um, we, you know, you got two options there. Um, there's the the Europeans or the or the Americans. Um, I know there's perhaps some talk of a North American one heading down here. That'd be that'd be really exciting. And I think the other thing that you could work off the back of that is. Um, you know, if someone was able to find an entire uh, with the Q-bred scheme at the moment and, and breeding a Q-bred trotter where, um, you know, the best futurity scheme in the country, $14,000 first win bonus for a, for a two-year-old trotter and it, or any age trotter, really, the win, that's regardless of age. So um, the, the chance there to bring a well-credentialed stallion down to target the race, the Inter-Dominion, even, even those races in the winter, and then go on to stand at stud. So the, the sort of the economics of it are now behind just the, the glory of it as well. Mm, it's a very good point. It's a very good point. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if anything happens in that regard. Now, we'll talk more about the Hunter Cup and all of the features coming up this weekend in Friday's edition of Mobile Rolling. There's a lot of good races coming up. There's one final topic I want to talk to you and Steve about as we wrap up Mobile Rolling for this Wednesday morning. The big question that we've been asking, who is going to be crowned the Australian Harness Horse of the Year for 2022? Will it be King of Swing? Will it be Leap to Fame? Will it be Ladies in Red? Who did we lock well, away? Who did you lock away, Darren and Steve? Who did you say? I, I locked away Leap to Fame, Chris. I, his three derby wins, um, just the, the the fact that he raced right through the season. I know King of Swing was undefeated and Hunter Cup and a Miracle Mile in those uh, four starts, but... I think he was a little bit out of sight, out of mind for the remainder of the season. I think a horse that um, we didn't see past March, um, it would be a big call to give him the harness horse of the year. So for that, uh, for that reason and the fact that uh, Leap to Fame did something that very few paces have ever done, uh, he was, he, he's the one I lock away, Leap to Fame. Okay. I think Steve had Captain Ravishing as the horse oh. of the year, but... <laughs> It, it it will be who's on the panel? King of swing. Oh, I think it, it, it's Australia wide, Steve. So I think it's a, a number of uh, uh, media representatives. You on I there? Think, uh, the, the the governing states. So you on there? Though? You will find it will be King of Swing. You get a vote. Yep. Okay. Yep. It How many Victorians? <laughs> well, that's the great unknown. That's the great unknown. Uh, I, I think it's meant to be fairly fair i think it's like five from each state each mm. jurisdiction but it's just natural sometimes you do gravitate to your own state don't you i mean oh absolutely mm. absolutely but you've heard it here first king of swing will be announced as the horse of the year surprised, Aaron? He, he uh not not really surprised steve i think um, you know, he won four from four. Um, his last run was on the 12th of March. So he, his runs were January, two runs in February and one in March. He won the Miracle Mile, the Hunter Cup uh, and a support race and then um, one of the lead-up sprint races to the Miracle Mile that, where he ran 147.9. So um, 
you know, you, you take nothing away. I, like, like I just said before, I just think um, horse of the year, you think across the whole year, a horse that's only had started up until March um, was my reasoning, but take nothing away from him. They were four super victories, so, and they're at the upper echelon of the sport. Again, four comers, so fair play to King of Swing. Just, just on, on um, Captain Ravishing, Stephen, I'm being serious here. If he was lining up in the Hunter Cup, would he be favourite? Well, if he drew well, mm. found the top, well, what's going to run him down? Nothing. Yeah, well, it's just interesting. Like, he's the favourite, as you said, for the Miracle Mile, so he's going to have to go up against these horses or the bulk of them that are competing on Saturday night. So, you know, would he start favourite this Saturday night if he lined up in that race? And just on that, um, just quickly, you didn't have any objections with Catchaway being left out? I know there was a groundswell of support to try and force him into that race, but I don't know who you take out to put him in. No, I, I've got no concerns whatsoever, Chris. I think it was, um, yeah. I, there's none in that field that would deserve to be taken out for him to get in. And um, to be fair, uh, I, I, even if he were, say he did get a run in for at the sake of any horse in that race, I don't think he, we'd be talking about him as a place proposition unless he drew one and gets a perfect trip but outside of that I don't think he would be featuring in the race anyway mm. we'll talk more about the Hunter Cup uh, with you and Ryan on Friday Steve we're going to chat with Merv Butterworth tomorrow not only about copy that who goes around as one of the favorites for the Hunter Cup but we'll also ask him about sharp and smart as well he's uh, he's very good galloper so He's going to be uh, joining us tomorrow morning at this stage. Mm, yeah, he runs in the Herbie Dykes, Chris. Uh, 2,000 at wait for age next, sharp and smart. And then they've got the, some decisions to make. You know, they've got the New mm. Zealand Derby. They've got the Sydney Derby, Queensland Derby as well. And he was terrific on that quagmire there last weekend, first up. Not yeah. easy. And he, he, he no. was very brave. Exactly right. And, and just on, on the gallopers with that harness flavour, Mark Purton spent $400,000 at the Karaki Yearling Sales. He paid $200,000 for a Savabil colt, and then he bought uh, two other colts, one worth 120, one worth 80. I think one was a Tavachi. Can't remember what the other one was. So he's going to be training these three gallopers, Steve, down in Christchurch. So that's going to be fascinating and time to come to see how that plays out as well. Oh, well, you think he's going to have success, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> You'd be sort a brave man to say Yeah, wouldn't. whatever he takes on, he's be successful, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. Legend of the sport, isn't he? Be right. That's it, Chris. That's it. Join Darren. Okay, thanks, guys. Thank you, Darren Clayton, Chris Barsby.